Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Michael from American Grit MMA in Canton, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me. 100%. I am extremely excited to you know speak to a fellow Northeastern here on the podcast and also to learn more about what you have going on at your gym business. But before we dive into the nitty gritty you know, business side, when you first established this gym business, Michael, what was the vision you had for you know, long term in terms of 10, 15 years? Hmm. Um, I, I think when I first started this, it was more just as a hobby. You know, we've been open for about six years or so now, and it, it was an opportunity that came to me. Uh, my son, Mason, is very into the sports of wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu ever since he was six years old. And the opportunity that came about was that the Mason's wrestling coach, Brian Conrad, um, owner of a, a longtime uh, wrestling club team in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. uh, needed a new space. So knowing he's such a good guy and uh, knowing that um, my son was so into it, I said, why don't we just um, find you another place? I'm the construction side of things. I'm not the coach side of things, yeah. but surround yourself with good people and here we are today i love that so you know for the people who don't know much about your gym business like what do you normally tell someone who asks you about it what do you you know what do you do for your services what do you offer to your members sure so in the beginning we started off we offer uh wrestling and brazilian jiu-jitsu these are the two types of sports that we um we offer and we do everything year round when we started, we offered those two types, but then over time we added um, similar activities, um, similar sports. So along with the wrestling and the jujitsu, we added judo, we added MMA striking, we added personal training, and then we met a cool uh, Okinawan karate group that came in and they teach their classes. So it, it's all that MMA combat style sports, but what we offer is something that's for everybody. Um, I'm very proud to say I'm the one that takes all the calls. So I get those calls from, uh, geez, um, I want to stay fit. I'm a little older, you know, kind of a person. Or my son, my daughter is getting a little bullied in school. Do you have classes that maybe they can help themselves? Absolutely. Put in the face. <laughs> Absolutely. We uh, we tell you how to how to uh, protect. You know, do things right. Yeah, I love that. So you know, with all of those services there, I'm kind of curious here. You know, what is the specialization i guess in terms of your member base so is it more the younger generation or do you do middle older or is it just overall everyone yeah Uh, tough answer because um when i first got into this i said great you know we'll open the doors we'll do wrestling jujitsu it's something that you know has been around my son and all for so long and then all of a sudden when we get into it i realized wow there's not a lot of wrestlers and jujitsu folks out there in certain areas. It's not like a hockey or a soccer or a, a, a sport that has hundreds of, of, uh, of students. Mm-hmm. So quickly, I've learned that um, to get our numbers up, you know, let's, um, let's add to the pot. And that's why we started adding more uh, profit centers, if you will, so that we can 
uh, utilize the space better. It's a, it's a large facility. When we started, it was 4,000 square feet. Um, everything's red, white, and blue, American flags, right to our name and all, and very oh, proud of it. Yeah. And uh, then as it's grown in six years, the neighboring space, another 4,000 square feet opened up and all kinds of turf and machines and weightlifting and all that kind of stuff. Um, cater to, we cater to different seasons. When it's wrestling season, we're flooded with the wrestlers, youth, high schoolers, and all that. Um, then there's uh, the older folks or college plus, you know, ages that just want those workouts. Uh, they're not going to be cage fighters or so, but they want to come in and, you know, get some workout in because, I mean, if you punch and kick a bag for three minutes, it's a, it's a complete workout, a work let me tell you. It is hard. It sure is. So that's just it. We, um, we're that that clean, safe, empowering type of place. You know, you can come in here, you can, you can uh, get a good quality workout every time. And, uh, and we're very proud of that. You know, we, uh, we like when people come in, have a good time, tell their friends, and that's probably the number one way we, we attract more people to our gym. That's awesome. So, you know, in terms of your member base, what is that like currently for you, like across all of those different sorts of services? Sure. So what we've done, and this is how we're doing it now, and it's kind of um, grown to this. Yeah. Um, a lot of places, I don't want to say our competitors, because we're all you know good people out there doing similar things, right? But other people that do what we do, I see a lot of groups that just teach the karate, or just teach the judo, or just teach the wrestling. And uh, over here, I um, we had the idea, and I said, you know what? Let's just have a membership. So someone signs up for our gym, one twenty-five a month. And then go to any class in the schedule. If you want to go to multiple classes in a, in a day, that's great. And I should say we're only open when we have classes. Yep. So we're not just, um, you know, come and go as, as you want. Hours and nobody's there. That's correct. Smart business move. So say a youth can come in. They can come in for a speed and strength workout. They can stay for another hour, hour and a half for a wrestling workout. And, um, you know, if the homework and the, everything allows, stay for both. But it also, instead of just signing up for wrestling, it allows them to maybe try a jujitsu class or try a judo class instead of signing up for three different gyms or so. And I, I think that that's something that's really helped us because I'm exposing uh, different people to these classes and not just the youth, but I also um, we've uh, we've gotten some parents who want to train or, you know, want to come in. They have a, a, a um, young son or daughter. And I said, you know what? father, son, mother, daughters, um, you know, come on in and you can do the class, you know, with your, um, you know, with your youth here. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, they love it. It's, uh, it's some good times that, uh, you know, people go at their own pace, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's just some good quality teachings. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, that kind of, kind of leads me into, you know, my next question here, you know, because you've been in this for a few years now, you, you really want to make sure that your members are able to you know, cross experience each of your services. So, you know, what has been the best part of running this gym business and what has been the hardest part? So listeners can take some value out of that. Hmm. I got to say probably the best part is, you know, being the guy that takes those phone calls. And like I said, um, you know, geez, my son, daughter needs some help in school and, or is getting a little bullied or so. And can we teach them self-defense? Can we help with that courage? And uh, absolutely, you know, we're that place. You come on in here, and everybody's uh, welcomed, and they 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 learn some good um, some good moves. Mm -hmm. uh, hardest part, I guess, is um, 
just surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, we're if we've been lucky here. You know, we've uh, we surround ourselves with good, well, well, um, similar-minded people that want to uh, teach these crafts. You know, um, give back. Um, but not always, uh, you know, people aren't always the same, I guess, you know, in this world. So there's been a few along the way that didn't see it uh, similar to us. Um, that, that would be my answer. We're just looking to grow this in a, in a good, simple way, but also in a respectful way. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you know, looking into the long term, let's just say set number five years from now, what is the ideal situation for your gym business? Like, where do you want it to be five years from now? Sure. Um, good question. We, we are probably going to just continue to grow on sort of a steady time frame. Um, we're doing what we want to do right now. So as I look to the future, you know, we're not looking at, um, you know, posting up other gyms in other states and, and growing that way. This is that good solid regional place um, we're well rooted um, we go to all the different tournaments and the kids are wearing the cool gear with the american grit and cbc wrestling and all this good stuff and uh it's the community you know around us that that knows our place so um i think we just want to continue on just providing that uh, that good quality that good empowering you know workouts mm -hmm. and uh just frankly, keep doing what we're doing is, is what I would answer. Yeah. So like, why not more? So, you know, I kind of want to, you know, transition into more of the, you know, deep dive business stuff here. So, you know, with your membership base, what have you done to bring these people into your door in terms of marketing? Sure. Um, yeah, I guess over the six or so years, we've tried a few different things, you know, different ads and different papers and local, um, uh, fairs and different um, events but I'll tell you the, the number one thing is our sign out front we're in a very busy street yep. um, our location we looked around before we opened it was it was important and it's worked out well for us we're right off a major highway we're minutes from three different uh, town centers uh, good sports towns you know around us um, we go to different events you know, putting the flyers out there. Obviously, our name with Google and such has worked very well. Um, and then I guess uh, it's just providing that value, you know, that good quality. So when someone comes in, they, uh, you know, they'll hear it from me on the phone at first. I talk and we, we, I explain the different classes and how kids or whoever can go to whatever they like. But it's just words until they come in here and they experience one of Brian's classes or one of the coaches. And they see that it's uh, it starts with that handshake, and they they have a good class, and uh, after that, it's um, they seem to be pretty well hooked, and they enjoy what they do. Yeah. Um, you know, one one kind of odd thing to some, but the way we do it, it's a month to month, and um, <laughs> I laugh when I say it, but I have a tuition box on the wall. So when someone comes in, they uh, you know, they put their check or so in the tuition box, and it's a month to month, and I tell people it's on your honor. You know, we think we're providing a good service. So uh, we appreciate, you know, you uh, people training here. Yeah. Put your money in the box. And um, if you like us, you know, tell a friend. If you're going on vacation for a week, do the math. Pay three out of the four, you know, weeks kind of a thing. No startup fee, no cancellation fee. And I'll tell you, 
I think people love it because it's uh, it, it makes it part of their own, if you will. And yeah. it, it's, it's sort of worked for us. So actually, you know, in the past, I've gone to an MMA, you know, facility and they did a similar thing, but it wasn't like a box. So, so I'm curious, like for you personally, like what has like, what made you want to do that for like the tuition box? Like what, um, what influenced you to do that? Hmm. You know, I think it's just um, probably just a feel in that, that community, that, uh, that dojo, I guess, if you will. You know, when you come in here, this is your place. So treat it like your own. You know, uh, at the end of every uh, session, uh, we don't just clean at the end of the day and, you know, send cleaners in and this and that. You know, we, we do that as well. But at the end of every class, uh, whoever's in the class, you know, let's go grab a mop. Let's hit the floors, especially after COVID, of course. You know, we got into yeah. that routine of cleaning every every class, every hour or two, this place gets clean. It was even important before COVID, too. Like, got to make sure you're Absolutely. clean. Absolutely. But even more so, especially in a gym environment, right? We, we're as clean today as the first day we opened. Another thing, another point that we're very proud of, you know, when you walk in. And just the fact that everyone just jumps in. They know, you know, that's what we'll do. It takes five minutes. We all help out ready for that next class to go do their thing and uh that uh that group that all works together i think is is what's worked so well for us that's awesome so you know let's just say someone hears about your gym or they see you online and they come to your facility what does the process look like from new person to new paying member yeah it's very simple so I am, I'm the one that uh, takes all the phone calls, like I said, so I can um, um, have a conversation with the person about what we offer and how we do our, our business here. Um, as soon as we hang up, usually it's a cell phone that they call me on. I can text them pictures of my schedule and some similar, uh, you know, photos showing some, um, you know, some information, you know, about the gym. I say, come on in for a, for a couple workouts, uh, no cost, just sign my waiver. So that way they're on the insurance just to make sure, you know, anyone twists an ankle, right? Yeah, I don't want to and they, uh, they come in, they try a couple of classes and I say, it's got to work for you. You know, it's, uh, it's something that you got to, you know, believe in when you, when you do your workout. So come try a couple. Mm -hmm. And usually after they try a couple, um, they just sign right up and, and a lot have been with us for quite a while. Yeah. So you mentioned that you handle that process. So, I'm kind of curious inside your gym business, how many other staff employees are there? Right. So staff employees are a little bit unique here that we have my partner, Brian Conrad, that teaches most of the classes. Yep. We have some volunteers, uh, different coaches that come in and teach, you know, uh, their, their classes. Mm -hmm. We have some people that um, train some personal training type um, activities okay. and they handle their own clients. And we have a diff different setup, business setup with them that we um, we just share in the uh, the profits that are generated from those banks. Yep. And it all pulls in my way to one spot so that we just continue to keep our lights on and keep moving forward. But that's it's not all done the same way for each grouping, um, depending on what where we are and what we're adding to. And we found that we didn't start this way, but it's uh, it's grown into this business model, if you will. So we handle the wrestling, the jujitsu, the judo, the striking. Um, very simply, I said the personal training goes to, um, you know, them sort of setting up their own clients and their own 
um, activities in their own times. Um, but then, you know, in the future, we'll add some other like activities, um, yoga, yoga um, kickboxing, things like that into the future, things that, that play off of what we're already doing. Uh, when someone sets, when a coach has the gym for that period of time, it's such a big spot, 8,000 square feet that we can do multiple actions. Um, but when they're, when they're training and if there isn't a class going on in the gym section or the turf session or whatever it is, have at it, you know, use any of the equipment that's there, you know, brought in by any of the, the different people um, that, that are with us. Just uh, keep it clean and safe and, and ready for the next group as soon as you're done. Awesome. And so, you know, Brian, a few volunteers there and some, are those 1099 contractors, you know, in terms of personal training or what does that look like for them? Some are 1099 contractors. Yes. Some are independent. Okay. Some are volunteers. And then some is Brian is my partner in all this. So okay. you, they fall into different categories depending on who we're talking about. Okay. So, you know, with this gym business, I'm kind of curious here, Michael, and to get you thinking too, you know, what is the, biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now in terms of growing the gym or just being a gym owner in general? Jeez. Um, time is always a big part of this, right? Could always use more time to uh, devote to this in the course of the day. Um, like I say, it started out as that fun hobby, at least on my side of things. And uh, it just has, has um, grown and grown, you know, each year. Which is always good to hear which is good. Um, bodies, you know, you can, I, I, I'd say most people that have a gym would always say, geez, I'd like more bodies, uh, you know, more people to be active in it. But even that, you know, seems to up, uptick, um, you know, month after month, you have to know your business, you know, certain patterns with whatever type of gym that you're running. You know, we've come to see that, um, you know, wrestling season starts now, you know, November. So, uh, previously, we have all kinds of high schoolers uh, in our gym, and we're we're um, running a lot of bodies. Yep. But then, when the high school practices start, those kids go to their high school practices, and um, you know, so our Who numbers drop. There? Yeah, yeah, it's, and we got to watch one will drop down a little, but the youth would uh, would pop up a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, first of the year is big for people, you know, working out, starting over, you know, January first. So we see an uptick in the personal training side of things. So it's, it's just kind of knowing the clientele, I think. Okay. Yeah. So there's like some ebbs and flows in terms of the membership base throughout the year. There sure is. Yeah. yeah. Things to look out for. Um, things that will keep coming about, I guess, you know, yeah. year after year. That is the, you know, the life of a business owner in general. Like you never know where, you know, the business is coming from. Right. Um, but I kind of want to ask a more, inspirational question here i guess michael you know when you first got into this gym business what is that one singular piece of advice that that you wish that you had going into it hmm. advice that i had geez um now you am truly drawing a blank there's no uh no advice i guess just um i I think I didn't, it's a fun thing to jump into. It's um, especially, you know, something like this. And I was already surrounded by, you know, some good solid people. And I was already going to their classes, you know, for years before. So to me, it wasn't that I was uh, leery about something or I needed advice on something. I just saw these, these good people 
and I put them together to do it under one roof. Um, you know, as far as uh, working and making sure the business runs sort of on different pistons to cover those ebbs and flows that you just mentioned, you know, that's good advice because maybe I didn't see that coming. Um, when I when I got this gym together, here's, here's maybe something to answer that a little bit better. When we started this up, there were a, a good volume of kids for the wrestling and for the jujitsu classes already in these groups that we were just welcoming into this new space. But like, um, maybe this is something that caught me a little by surprise is when they came in, we, instead of the, the 40 or so kids coming from this group and the 30 or so kids coming from that group, only about half those numbers, you know, came over, even though we were still in the same town, but we're on the other side of town. Yeah. And um, we're changing people's rhythms. They're every day, they're going to the gym. And that mattered more than I thought it would. You know, I thought, geez, five miles down the street, no brainer. But, you know, with change, um, changes the rhythms and the people uh, that that uh, have it put it, they have it into their plan, their daily plans. So this is how, um, this is one thing that just caught me by surprise, I guess. Yeah. Um, we regroup and then um, between the postings and the the uh, the gear that we have and the conversations and the sign out front, it just all adds up to uh, spreading the word in our new location. Yeah, spreading the word throughout the community, throughout the kids and everything to, you know, really build that, you know, community feel there in the business and to ultimately grow it. We sure do. Awesome, Michael. So, you know, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on any, you know, kind of social medias or your website? Sure. I mean, it was very simple. If you just type in AmericanGritMMA.com, you'll find us. It's a simple Google search. There's, um, you know, there's uh, Instagrams and Facebooks and all that. Uh, you know, one thing that we do to, to help self-promote as well is, we just keep doing our craft and all these different sports. And when there's an event, you know, we'll post all the pictures and we'll thank the people that, you know, put on the show and the events and such. And uh, it, it's, it's cool to see, you know, the other people post photos and, um, you know, kids are wearing all the gear and stuff and their hard work pays off when they go out there. So it's, it's very reward, very rewarding. It's something I keep saying we're very proud of and I'm yeah, it's sure also fun to look back, you know, like years from now, it's always fun to look back and see like, oh, wow, remember that event or remember, like, you know, when those kids were there and all that stuff. Yeah, like that's one of my favorite things about social media is that you're able to look back on the past and see how things were and how you've changed over time. Um, but yeah, Michael, thank you for hopping on the podcast today and, you know, contributing to it. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you are interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Coach Coop of Number 11 Overcomers Boxing and Personal Fitness Gym, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Coach Coop, what's going on, my man? How are we? How you doing? I'm doing great. I am. I am great. I'm excited to, to get into the details here. I'm sure that the name and the band, the brand are are not familiar to many of the people that listen to this. So for some context before you and I dive in on the business side of things, what is number 11 Overcomers all about? When you describe this business and this gym, what do you tell people? Well, well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. Um, as you as you see, Overcomers, we, we all got something to overcome. So that's that was that's one. And number eleven is just we pay homage to the gym that that I came from, which when I was coming through the um boxing world, which was my coach, um Mr. John Sneed and Roscoe. And the gym that I went to when I was growing up as a young lad was number eleven police boys and girls club. So that we got number eleven just to pay homage to our old mm-hmm. coach that, that helped us out to be where we at. Yeah. And so from a business standpoint, we got this off the ground when? When did this all start? Sometime back in 2013. Okay, so approaching a decade of doing yeah. this, I'm sure yeah. I would imagine you've learned a wealth of lessons and you probably know more today than you did in 2013, I would well, venture to guess. Well, you know, as you know, to, to learn something, you got to make mistakes. So I learned a lot of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a trial by fire sort of industry yeah now start us off with just kind of some general perspective on this coach coop in the the just shy of a decade that you've been doing this what's been your favorite part about running this and what's been the toughest part about running this well let me start with the um the favorite part the network the network that i built the alliance that i built with other gyms and and the commodity commodity that you know you, you different you get different ideas from different coaches, and so now it's like I, I it's like I have an army of coaches that I can call and pretty much ask them anything, or, or and they and they willing to give that information up. And some of the cha- the challenges are is is one of my first challenges was the, the the getting the income the support to 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 uh, feed the gym so. I had to change a couple of things around, change the models to help out with the income. Because like I was explaining to you before is when you have a boxing team and they travel in and then some kids I would pick up that couldn't get to the gym and things of that nature. And, and the gas money you spend, because a lot of times we go to Baltimore, New Jersey, New York, the, the neighboring cities to um, get in tournaments and some tournaments cost. So for example, you get a kid in the national tournament, you have to pay for that. You pay for airlines, depending on where it's at. And so it was a lot of money coming out of my pocket. So that's why I started doing personal fitness. Yeah, I, I've i spoken to a number of boxing-focused businesses like this over the years. And any of them that have a competitive aspect to it, people that want to actually get in the ring and fight, Yes, they know how expensive that can be. And a lot of the time, either they focus exclusively on that and they never end up making money and end up having to go out of business or 
like your perspective here, we recognize that boxing can be more than just the competitive side of this. People truly enjoy it as a fitness component. Yeah. And yes. that can help to pay the bills. That's a much more stable income. People can come two, three, four times a week, like clockwork year round. Yes. And then we can make some money. Okay. Got it. So we've been doing this for a while. This is uh, an interesting time to explore a business like this coming out of, and being in Washington, D.C., coming out of, quote unquote, the pandemic and and now being able to operate with a little bit more freedom than the last couple of years, at least. How was that time for you? Were you guys, how long were you shut down and, and what was that like? Oh, that was, that was, that was rough. We were shut down most of the, most of the, you know, pandemic. And then, um, right before we came out of the pandemic, pandemic, um, we started training outside when the weather was, you know, comfortable for us. So we were doing all our training outside right before it started you know, to open back up. So when we, when it opened back up, you know, most of our guys was, was still in shape because we had everybody just training on their own. But until, but we started meeting at the, uh, at the, uh, at the uh, track. So we would go through the whole regiment, you know, at the track. That's how we stayed in um, shape. Yeah. And so that you were doing that for how long? Oh, I don't know the time frame during the pandemic. It could have been. It could have been. It could have been six months. It's a could little bit been, of a blur for everybody yeah, here. So. Yeah, it could have been six months. I think. Yeah. You know? So probably longer than you yeah. would have liked. Yeah. Uh, at least in recent times here, Coach Coop, I think it's important for the people listening to sort of hear your perspective on how we find not necessarily the competitive boxer avatar, but how do we find that gen pop avatar? What's worked for you to, to get some people interested in doing this? Um, as far as the, 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 the boxing or, or people that come in just for personal fitness? Both. How do we, I guess, what's worked from like a marketing standpoint just to get people oh. aware that the business even exists? Well, well, the first thing I did, I went to um, on Google My Business, and that seemed to, to work, you know, very popular because once I did that, that's once I did that form of marketing, that's how the business started start growing. So I started getting call, more calls then, and then the reviews. So every time, you know, every time a person would join, I make sure that I give them give them a, a link to Google review. So once I, once I started doing that, making sure everyone got every person to come in, train with me or or done had trained with me, I sent them a Google review. How is our service? How do we do? You know, just give us your honest opinion so we can get better. And, yep. and, that, and that worked mostly for me because once I put that, once I um, verified my Google business, that's when the calls start coming in. And, and as more, more reviews I got, I start rising to the top. Yeah, so that that's working. Google has been the main catalyst for this. What about social media, Coop? I know that, oh, that so on, much I'm of our on. industry is lives and dies on social media. What was what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's good. I'm on I'm on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all of and what and how I use that is like when we do tournaments or we do shows. I always post them, and I'm on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, so when all my kids when they fight. 
I'll post their fights on YouTube channels for their family and friends and things like that. And I'm trying to help their media grow too. Yeah. And, and so social media has also been a component here. Let me ask you this, because I think it's important for us to distinguish with even with Google or Facebook or Instagram or whatever the platform, have you as a business put money into advertising on those platforms or has this just been sort of the, the content and free side of social media? Well, I haven't, I haven't used, um, I, I haven't used Facebook ads because they, they actually, uh, doing my other business, I, I, there were some things that I may, maybe shouldn't have done, which I didn't know what I was doing. So they had cut my Facebook ads off. But as of, as of last week, they turned my Facebook ad back on. So I plan to start doing more Facebook ads. Got it. Okay. And, and I sometimes think that's, a, that's a reality for a lot of people in our industry. Yeah. We might not know every single rule or how these things work. Yeah. And we can get ourselves into some trouble pretty quickly sometimes. Well, I think how I got myself in trouble because I didn't put my policy on the, on the ad. So I realized, you know, after getting educated and realizing, okay, I have to do that. Now I understand. Yeah. And so is that something that you think you'll lean more into here? In yeah, the, I plan, yeah, yeah, I plan to do more, yeah, I plan to do more advertising. I was advertising on Google, ad, Google ads also. But yeah. most, most, of my, most of my clients, they come from when they go do a search, and they put in boxing near me. That's when my business come up. Google my business. Yeah. And, and I think the, the whole conversation that we're having, the idea is that people come from a variety of sources, right? Everything contributes from a business standpoint. It doesn't really matter where they come from. It's just that they're coming. But when somebody reaches out to you, Coop, tell me a little bit about the sales process here. What is... What are the steps that people go to to actually sign up to come to this? Well, what they what they do once they once they come 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 onto the site, let's say they come from um, my business or or they, they have to uh, make a um, an appointment. So we have a fifteen minute consultation. And they go go through Calendly. So once they go there, I, I'll see the appointment, and then that way I, I'll contact with them, make a contact with them, go through a consultation with them about fifteen minutes consultation. So I pretty much find out what, what are their goals? Um, why do you want to join the boxing gym? And I, and I, and I base it off their goals and see yeah. if I can accommodate that. And so most of the time this is coming to you, right? You're having the conversations with these people. Yes. Cause most of all, most of all my clientele come in two ways. The first one is referrals. So I get a lot of referrals. So, you know, that comes from the, the people that's, that, that I'm training already or come from the, uh, the boxers, the athletes. They say, yeah. hey, I got a buddy. They want to start. And I'm like, fine, let's, let's give, them, mm-hmm. have, give me a call. And, and then they come from the Google. Most people, they, they Google like boxing near me. I'll come up. They make contact with me. And they'll see that they have to go through a, more like a sales funnel, which mm-hmm. is make an appointment on Calendly. Mm-hmm. And then that way we'll set up a time to talk 15 minutes and then um, I explain to them. And on the first day, I take them through another orientation, which is a little longer than 15 minutes. And I guess explain to them the ins and outs and um, how this gym going to, going to, going to uh, help their goals. Mm. Okay. How does the, the membership of this work coop? Is this like a monthly thing? Are they paying per class? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad you asked that. What I was doing is I was also doing one-on-one classes. 
But I was like, I can't keep doing this because it's a lot of time. So what I did is um, I, I started to funnel everyone to the gym. Mm -hmm. So what I, for, for, if you're under 21, it's $100 a month. If you over 21, it's $200 a month. So I just started funneling everybody to the gym because I was pretty. Because it was taking too much of your time. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's more, it's, it, it costs more to do one-on-one, -on -one, but I didn't have the time to do all that. Yeah. Now, for that $100 or $200 a month, what do these people actually get? Well, they, they get training from me. They, they give me like a, is that like a group class kind of thing? Yes, it's a group class. Uh -huh, I see. Yeah, it's like a typical gym. So like you, you always wonder like how do one coach train twenty people? You know, you have to give attention to the to the person who just started, and you get them on a regiment. And there's a lot of things you can do once they're on a regiment. They know they have to come in. They have to do the stretching, the exercise, and then the drills they have to do. They, they from this, they know you got to get on the rope, got a shadow box get on the bag or get, you know, speed bag. And you just got to go through a series of these workouts every day. Because yeah. boxing is about, about repetition. And when you look back and you sit back, you're looking at everybody. So you're looking at their form, you're looking at the way they punch. And then as you see the mistakes, you, you say, hey, you, you stop them, you make the corrections, and then you watch them. Yeah. In terms of, you mentioned that that one-on-one -on -one training was taking up so much of your time. Do you mm -hmm. think that there's an opportunity for the business to keep that kind of a service, but maybe hire another coach or another trainer to do those for you? Oh, yes, that's what you do. You you, you bring on more coaches, things like that. But I, I can I can train 20 people at one time. Long as they, if, if we start at the same time, I can train the whole gym all at the same time mm -hmm. because you do things together and at the same at the same rate. So that's not not a problem. It's just like having a boot camp class. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but the same way with the gym. Everyone, if everyone's there, you can you can switch to boot camp style, mm -hmm. and you train everyone at the same time. I didn't train twenty people, just me at the same time. Yep. Now, as you zoom out on this a little bit, I think I mean, like we mentioned earlier, you've been doing this for almost a decade, but the COVID years were kind of a reset button for this business, if you will. And so this is sort of a, a fresh, clean slate. As you look out into the future here, Coop, what's your goal for this business? Where do you see this thing in, in a handful of years from now? Oh, well, I, I see, I see growth. And, and, and what, I'm, what, what, when I say that I see growth, I'm thinking about the spinoffs. I call them spinoffs. So for example, um, I give boxing shows also. So on an amateur level, and I just got my um, pro promoter license, and also I manage fighters too. So I'll be signing my first fight fighter probably this month, then this month. So I got, and then maybe a possibility. So I'm like, I got two fighters lined up to sign them to uh, manage their career, and um, so I, I'm going to continue to do boxing shows for amateurs, and that get and that gets more clientele too. Because when you do boxing shows, I, I advertise that that that's I'm, when I'm advertising for the boxing show. I'm advertising for the business. Mm -hmm. Then once they it get there, contributes. I'm out flyers. Right. Once they get there, I'm passing out flyers. So let them know who we are. Our logos are everywhere. Our, our banners are everywhere. And when more they see us, more they want to be a part of us. Yep. And so 
growth is in the cards. We're looking to expand. How big do we want to take this in the long run, Coop? Oh, we go big. We all we guys the limit. We can, okay, big as we can go. We we want to scale. Yeah. Now we want to scale. We want to franchise it. We want to scale. Yeah. That's that's it's, the that's the name of the game. That's when the fun stuff happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have time to dive into that. And that's probably a conversation <laughs> in and of itself to go that route. But uh, in the short bit of time that we do have left, Coach Coop, why don't you tell people where they could learn? more about number 11 overcomers is there a website is there social media where should people go yes uh, contact coast coop contact coast coop C and, and get the coop c-o-o-p straightforward and you can straight go to forward any, enough yep and you can go to any um facebook instagram is the digital one one overcomers mm-hmm. we're on facebook instagram YouTube, go to my YouTube channel. It's uh, the number one, one, 11, number 11, Overcomers. All right. It's been a pleasure. I, I always enjoy exploring businesses and, and kind of getting this insider look into how these things operate. So Coop, I, I can't thank you enough for your willingness to share and contribute to the overall conversation. And I'm excited to see thanks what the future holds. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Eric from Pura Vida Fitness in Lakeville, Minnesota. How are you doing, Eric? Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to have you on. Um, But before we jump into everything... Tell us how you got started owning the gym in the first place. Uh, it's so funny. I used to work for a big box corporate gym and, um, you know, I was a personal trainer, very successful, one of the top producers there and, uh, was promoted to personal training manager where I got to see the corporate side of the gym. And I just did, I hated that. I hated the us versus them mentality, how to focus on, it was all about bottom line numbers and, you know, satisfying the investors. It wasn't anything about you know, servicing the customer. And there's a lot of things there I learned. It was a great place to start. 
Uh, but I just, uh, I just didn't, it didn't fit with me. I just, I remember just starting to hate my job, you know, like I hated being the manager because I had to, I was basically being told to lie to my employees or deceive them and hold things back from when it wasn't really a team feel. And, uh, I met this chiropractor along the way and him and I, I started joining him as a patient. I started referring business to him and he started referring people to me and he had this vision to expand his space. He was in a small area and he was going to create a wellness center where he's going to have physical therapy, massage, and he wanted a fitness guy in there. And I saw that as a great obvious next step is I wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them that I thought was putting the clients first. And so that was my ticket out of the corporate gym. The company we were at was, was going to be bought and you could tell they were, they weren't going, they lost their vision and their direction. And I was like, I want to get off this train. And uh, that was back in 2005. And I, I started over here at uh, where I'm at now and it's been, it's been a crazy ride since then, but yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I, I feel that from a lot of people kind of starting in that corporate fitness area, the personal trainer, you can kind of see the holes in it and where it could be more personalized. Um, and I love that you decided to kind of go off and do your own thing with that knowledge. Um, but how do you how do you describe Pura Vita Fitness to someone who's never been in before? What services do you offer? Kind of like your elevator pitch. Well, I would say, I always like to say a lot, there's, we have a lot of big box gyms in the Twin Cities area here. You know, we have Lifetime Fitness, LA Fitness, um, you know, the YMCA's and stuff. Uh, we have all, we have those multiple chains here, but I always say it's kind of like the old, this might be dating myself, but it's, it's like the big sports bar versus like Cheers. We're the small, more personalized space where everybody knows your name and you get that one-on-one -on -one attention in an environment that that is not, you know, you're not intimidated. A lot of people go into those big gyms and they feel like they're walking into a Vegas casino. It's overwhelming. There's lots of machines, lots of people moving around. They feel like people are looking at them. And, and let's face it, some of those are quite meat. They're like kind of meat markets and seen or be seen places. So I feel like people come here and they get the one-on-one -on -one attention. Even with our group clients, we offer some one-on-one -on -one coaching with them because we a lot of group places you know, you just go hit your punch card or do your group sessions and you leave and nobody's, you know, check, checking in on you with your nutrition. No one's doing any lifestyle coaching. So our thing is we, I, I think our big elevator pitch is we manage, we don't just work you out and make you sweaty and sore. Anybody can do that. We really kind of manage this part of your life, just like a financial planner would manage your investments or an insurance person would manage your, your protection. We try to manage the, the health and wellness part of your life. So you can you have to do the work, but you, you know exactly what you do. So we create that structure there because most people kind of join a gym, right? And they just kind of show up and do whatever on, on the cuff. And this way they know what they need to do when they need to do it. And somebody's taking care of that part of them. And a lot of our clients are moms and they're taking care of their kids. They're taking care of their household. Nobody's taking care of them. And so we feel like that's our job is to really help take care of them and create a plan that's going to be realistic and move them forward and, in, and uh, you know, get them the results they want without overwhelming them. Yeah, definitely sounds super individualized and like everybody in your gym is seen. Whereas, you know, in a, in a big corporate place, yeah, you're just one of like hundreds of people picking up a weight. So yeah, it can be easy to be overlooked, feel overlooked in a place like that. Um, but that leads me to my next question is how many, how many members are you serving currently? Right now, I think between our online and in-house about 80, roughly 80 uh, right now. So um, we'll probably see a big spike here next month, but um, you, you know, you always have attrition. And, uh, we're, and I would say probably actually more than that, I'd say more like 90, cause we have a nutrition program going right now that are some just nutrition only clients. So gotcha. yeah. tell me how you, how you've gotten to that 80 and how you plan to expand in the future. What things are you doing to bring, bring in more people? Uh, I think it's a lot like fishing. You got to have a lot of poles in the water, you know, certain bait works at certain times. I know Facebook ads have been good for us, but even just organic posting, 
um, being disciplined about organic posting on Facebook and Instagram, you know, most of our stuff comes from Instagram because we get the middle age crowd us, you know, us older people, that's where we're at. You know, I know my daughter's always gonna be crap about if Facebook's for old people, but that's where our clientele sits. But I think just being a good at organic posting and coming up with a system, you know, like we typically Mondays, we do some kind of motivational and then Tuesdays we do some kind of training tip. Then Wednesdays we, we have like an inspirational like success story. And then Thursdays usually like nutrition uh, tips, but we have a, a rhythm to that. And we try to stick to that, you know, it's just like working out. So organic posting, uh, Facebook ads, a lot of social media, um, being diligent with our email list is emailing our list a couple times a week. Um, public speaking is now coming back after COVID. That was one thing I, I really like to do. So I've gone to like the lo local rotaries. Um, and then just even asking your clients, a lot of times your clients might have a company, might be part of a company. So I've done this for my like lunch and learn type things for my clients and getting out there in public speaking. Um, and then I just rejoined, uh, I wasn't BNI for many years, but that kind of fizzled out. So I, I just rejoined a networking group and just getting one-on-ones with other business owners and um, learning about each other's business, and developing relationships in the community that way. So I think those are a lot of like fundamental things you can do. I know a lot of people want to go right to paid ads, but, um, you know, I think it's, I've seen, um, you know, one, one month, one, I get a lot off one. And then the other thing I didn't mention is just being really diligent about, you know, having a good website and working on your SEO, um, you know, putting consistent changes on there. I mean, one of the things that's kind of annoying, I think is if I look at other trainers, they have the same two testimonials they had five years ago and they haven't changed them. So we always try to put fresh success stories, um, update our blog, do our, our Google business, um, you know, regularly making changes, talking to our web. We talked to our web companies really good. They talk to us and um, we put a banner ad up for Black Friday. I mean, even if nobody sees it, we're just always trying to change something. We we are, are just disciplined in doing those basic things. And then uh, we also use the Thumbtack app, which sometimes will produce for us. And it, it can be hit or miss, but we've got, you know, some some trainers don't like that app, but I've, I've gotten some great clients off that app too. Definitely. Okay. Sounds like you've tried like every different like genre of marketing. So you're paying for those Facebook ads occasionally, email lists, public speaking, networking in the community your SEO optimization there, what would you say brings in the most consistent leads? Um, I would say as of lately, like this, this past year, just going recently, like one of the things that I was, I was, um, uh, one of my, I was to do a, do a, like a, a, a professional video that kind of showed the the essence of my gym and then popped it up into a Facebook ad. Mm -hmm. And luckily I have somebody who's really good at that and targeting and that really kind of broke up, broken up our marketing. That was in the, that was in the summer when it's supposed to be slow, you know, Minnesota, where we live here, summers, like people have cabins, they're in there, they're, you know, we have 15,000 lakes, people are on their boats, but we had a huge uptick in that. So that was probably the biggest surge of new leads we got was from that. But then as Facebook does, it kind of shuts it down. And then our website has pulled in some good leads as well and then you know there's that internal too is like if we do referrals too, referrals is produced well for us too so we i do a referral drive or a reactivation drive we've done some of those internal things that i forgot to mention too that we you know whenever we do a reactivation where we go back to past clients that we will that we actually want back in here because some clients let's face it we don't want <laughs> but uh but uh we have the that and we usually pull a few there and then we do some referral marketing too so and internally so i was kind of focused on the external on the other thing but yeah the internal marketing is just as important yeah, definitely. That word of mouth can be great because you know that um, it's going to be like a warm welcome when the person comes in, they already know who you are, kind of what you stand for. It's kind of an easier sell when, when a member is bringing them in with them. So yeah, definitely can't neglect that either. Um, okay. So tell me like big picture goals for the gym. Where do you see yourself as a business owner three to five years from now? Where do you see the gym? 
Tell me about that. Well, I think three to five years tomorrow, I think it's very likely I would be 100% online. You know, I think one of the things as I watch my kids grow up and I watch, you know, I turned 50 this year and it's like, you know, I love to travel and everything. So I would think some at some point I'd like to find somebody to succeed me in the in the gym, in the brick and mortar thing, but still do online coaching. And uh, another big part of my life is ministry. I do, I, I actually, I'm actually, it's kind of funny, I'm an ordained minister, but I like doing ministry work and it, it meshes well with training because you're coaching people, you're bringing people up, you're elevating people. And so to mesh those two into some kind of online online uh, type program where um, my wife says, you know, you'd be great at doing a podcast, like, you know, a podcast and doing some retreats. So probably, probably in three to five years, I honestly would like to be a new chapter in my life of, you know, like doing something different and the challenge, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, you get to a point where you want to be challenged with something new, but important to me would be to turn the gym over to somebody I feel would keep, keep it going as a, you know, as a successor. So Definitely. Um, what are you putting in place now to get you to a point where in three to five years, you can kind of step back from the brick and mortar and take on those roles that you're passionate about? Do you have systems that you're putting in place? Yeah. Training? Tell me about that. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we struggled with um, post COVID was, um, you know, getting people back into the gym. I we had a big surge initially here when they when they lifted all the, the restrictions, but and people were still kind of hesitant. And um we had to really kind of, you know, we've, we found with marketing, you have to keep reinventing yourself and, and especially with social media, things change. And um, so I think one of the big things is making sure we have a, a steady stream of leads every month. So we know that we're consistently bringing in new business and um, you know, that keeps the business very viable and healthy. You're always going to have some attrition. I mean, people are going to move away. People, people are going to run into their own issues, like losing their job, um, you know, or you're just going to have people as personal training is, is they're just, they're not going to, they're not going to engage and they're not going to get the value. And so they're not going to stay on. So I think having a healthy source of leads and having a good sales system is good. And I think one of the other things is um, we need to train one more person to be a, you know, we have two of us that do the consultation. So training, your, you know, having a couple of people that can do sales because sometimes, uh, you know, with lead uh, turning over leads and creating new sales and keeping the business healthy and profitable um, that is, um, you know, that's indicative of sales. And, and sometimes, you know, just because most people have families and other things going on, it's good to have multiple people that can are good at sales. Uh, so you can, you can get those consults in as soon as possible and turn them over. So if you have good marketing, bringing in the leads and you have a good, uh, good sales process and you're, you're converting a lot of those leads, that's huge. I think the other thing is a lot of recurring income. Um, that's why we're like looking, I was, I was thinking, you know, the online, uh, some online coaching, with recurring income and nutrition coaching with recurring income, and then also some more supplement uh, sales recurring income, because then, you know, you don't have to make as many sales because when you do your forecasting, you know, like the ideal would be all my recurring income covers all my overhead at least. And then everything else I do is pure profit. So that that's one of my goals this year is to get my recurring income back up to the point where it's completely covering all my overhead. So any new sales, it just really brings my profit margins up. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like you're right on the money there with like kind of what needs to happen in the next three to five years to get to that place where you're a little mo bit more hands off. I think now it's just like taking those steps and putting it into place every day. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so tell me about those avenues for recurring income. Like, tell me about, you know, you said you're doing nutrition training. Are you online at all right now? Tell me about what you do outside of the, the brick and mortar. Well, I think the biggest thing is um, we have a we have a program that we purchased that basically it's a template where we have to do the work. We have to modify it to us. And I think really it's the marketing like we've done workshops to try to draw people in and then uh, Ascension type campaign with our own clients, getting our own clients to spend more money because a lot of them, is, you know, the training on its own isn't getting it done and they need more nutrition attention. Um, 
and I think one of the things that is a challenge as an owner, like um, for us is making sure that I have all these great ideas I want to implement, but is making sure I'm really guarding my time and not getting too sucked into the business. Cause a lot of times, you know, being a service-minded person, I'll get in and I'll start, Oh, I'll cover this client for you or I'll do this. And then I'm working too much in the business and not on the business. And I don't have time to implement those things. And I've just really recently pulled myself back out and I can see a huge difference. It's been like glorious the last few weeks and not, and focusing on a few things at a time. Um, so when I'm putting the nutrition recurring thing together, really have to build out the program, but then also market it right. And if I'm trying to do that between training clients, it's just the quality and the, of the marketing and the consistency suffers. So I think that's that's how you create a recurring program, but you got to you got to be building up the hype and putting the marketing together and the plan together. And so as an owner, you have to be really careful that you're not, you're, you're making enough time to do that and allocating the time to really put the effort into that. And I, I would say the, um, the program we use is it's atomic nutrition coaching. It's out of Phoenix. Her name's um, Aaron. And, and it's like finding somebody who's done it. And I, and I'm like, instead of trying to invent it all yourself, like I like to find systems that I can come in and I'm a good implementer. You know, some people are good creators, but I think finding something that somebody else has worked for somebody else and then just, you know, implementing it and following being coachable. Like, so I had to go through a program on how to implement it. And then finding somebody to implement it, not me. I started doing it myself. And then I found a nutrition coach and I've completely handed it off to them. So now I'm hands off and it's basically kind of running itself. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing is just making the time and blocking enough time to really um, do take those steps. And then um, finding, you know, being out there and not trying to reinvent the wheel, find out what somebody's doing that's working. That's where I think it's important to like network with other gym owners too, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we can waste a lot of time, like spinning our wheels, plugging and chugging and plugging and seeing what works and what doesn't when really we could just, you know, look to mentorship, really get out there and network and, and find someone who's done what you want to do and, and get their advice. I know that like in this industry, everyone's like really happy to share with each other. Like, especially I've found mm -hmm. hosting podcasts, like gym owners, other gym owners are really happy to like share what's worked for them and what hasn't. So definitely seeking out that mentorship is great advice for our listeners. Um, something that you said that really stood out to me that I know a lot of our listeners struggle with is finding that that balance between being hands-on in the business and stepping back enough to focus on other aspects of it. How have you been able to remove yourself a little bit from being so in the business, you know, coaching every single class, having to be there all day, every day? I think a lot of owners struggle with feeling like they need to do that. How have you been able to take it a step back? Well, I think it's, you know, I, one of the things I always think about when you ask that is like, I, I think coaches need coaches. I think all of us as business owners, um, you should get, you should have somebody that's, that's looking at you objectively so that they're actually giving that, you know, you're buying, you're selling coaching. So you should be buying coaching. So I have a coach, a great coach. And, uh, she turned me on actually what I, she can see when I start, it's like a, it's like a client when they start to eat bad, miss their workouts. You can see the bad habits of I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And a lot of the stuff's in your own head. Um, so one of the big things that I think is, that, you know, I think they always say readers are leaders. Um, I was, I just read a book called the essentialist. It was a great book. It was written in 2014, but she turned me onto that. And I read that book and it spoke to me as an entrepreneur, cause it was all about trying to trying to people please everybody. And I think it's about really putting up boundaries of what you will and won't do and sticking to those boundaries. And, and when you're in a service business like that, you can feel like obligated, but you know, for me, like sometimes just like our clients, you know, they start to eat the wrong things and they start to do the wrong things. Um, you need somebody there to hold you accountable and then um, be okay with those boundaries. It's like, you know, your family comes first. Sometimes your priorities get out of whack and you start 
you know, oh, I'm going to go train a client here at six o'clock at night when I should be having family dinner. So I think you really need to sometimes really sit back and, you know, re reset your, your boundaries and stick to those boundaries and realize like um, some people won't be happy at first, but they'll respect them after a while. And it's mostly, I think, as owners, a lot of our own head trash that um, we have to be, if we make ourselves too available, people are going to expect that. But if people know what your boundaries are, they'll, they'll also respect that. So I think when you, you let them know what's important to them, what's important to you, by your boundaries, they'll, they'll respect it. They'll, if you always give up those boundaries, they will, you're probably going to have more issues. You know, I know a trainer in the area during COVID that didn't set clear boundaries on their COVID policies. And then they had a, um, they had a, somebody melt down in a class because of the policies, they never set like clear boundaries where we did. We had, we had specific things that we did that we did and didn't do during COVID. And we just let our clients know and we stuck to them and we didn't have any issues. So I think as an owner, you got to have boundaries. And I, you know, if you're, if you're texting people, at 10 o'clock at night, they're going to think that's okay. You know, if you're answering texts and emails at 10 o'clock at night, and I think you got to tell, let people know, like, nope, I don't work Saturdays. Nope. I, it's, it's Tuesday night. My daughter's volleyball game. I'm not training, you know, I'm not going to be in the office. And I think as owners in this type of business, it's really easy to kind of feel guilty and like, oh yeah, I should take care of that client. They're paying me money. But you look at a lot of other places I'm in with a chiropractor here. I know their treatment hours and I know they're not going to come in at seven o'clock at night and give me an adjustment. I know when they're open. So I think we have to adhere to that and that will prevent burnout and make sure that we're, we're, we're doing our own fitness programs. We're taking care of ourselves and our families and our clients come second, you know, and not let our, our business take over our life or, you know, our business should serve our life. Not our, our life has to serve our business, you know? So I guess that's the way yeah. I would say it. Absolutely. I love that so much. I think we often as small business owners neglect our own boundaries because there's like a culture of you have to be working 24 seven, you know, business comes first in that kind of mindset. But yeah, it's definitely people will treat you, how you allow them to treat you. And definitely when I was managing, I was like, I'm here for everybody. Here's my cell number. Text me whenever. And I would respond, like you said, at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock to people with like app problems or whatever. And yeah, it really is. They'll take advantage of whatever boundaries you set. So you have to put up those parameters like, hey, when I'm out of office, I'm out of office. Like you can contact me, you know, tomorrow at 8 a.m. Yeah, so definitely resonate with what you're saying there. Um, so what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who is just starting to own their own business? Um, let's say someone wants to open a gym. What would be your biggest piece of advice? What do you wish you would have known before you started? I wish I would have had... Um... I would have, I went to some like small business classes before I opened up, but I wish I would have had a mentor ahead of time mm -hmm. that was an ongoing mentor that would have walked me through the process. Um, it would have saved me a lot of stupid tax, you know, like where I paid, I wasted a lot of money and time on stupid things. And um, I would say that um, that's number one. I would say number two would be I always think about leverage. So what, you know, where can you get the most like group training, semi-private training, things where you're not, um, you know, if I could go back, I would probably, you know, semi-private training wasn't a thing back then. It was still one-on-one -on -one was big, but, um, but now that there's these great people like Alex and stuff out there, you know, like, you know, get, get smart on how you're going to leverage that. So you can make everything super profitable, you know, like one-on-ones are probably the least profitable. And so if you can, if you can create a semi-private and a group, you know, where you're serving a lot of people and your profit margins are high, that, that would be one thing. If I could go back, I would do that. And I probably would, if I would have had a good mentor, I probably would have done that at the time. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That is such a good piece to um, leave off on. I feel like um, a lot of great takeaways for our listeners here, but before we go, um, can you tell everybody where can we find you on social media and what's your website? 
Uh, yeah, we were, uh, uh, get fit, get fit, Eric P two six on Instagram. And then it's pure Vita fitness. That's P U R a V as in Victor. I D as in dog, a fitness, all one word.com. And then that's our, our business page as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Eric. I absolutely appreciate your contribution to the podcast today. Um, and I look forward to seeing what you're going to accomplish on the road. Um, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.